Hey, it's time. We're going to do some yoga. Does that seem good? It feels like y'all are all spread out today. Okay, here's the plan. We're going to do about an hour of yoga. And I was thinking of um, doing some quieter stuff today and maybe some stuff to get our, get our lungs maybe a little clearer, if there is such a thing we could do. And then we'll do about a half an hour of meditation. And then I have a talk for us. Okay, that's the plan. There's no official bathroom break, so you can go at any time. Um, probably not during the meditation, but before or after is fine. And um, who's new? I think I, I met a few new people. Raise your hand if you're new. Welcome to you. I guess there's only two new people. Welcome, welcome. If you could, you're new too. Three new people. All right, all right. Welcome back. If you could turn to your neighbor and say hello and introduce or reintroduce yourself. So let's dedicate class today um, in part, you know, Bana, who normally is our volunteer, she's got a family that is super affected by the fires. Um, I think she's, that's why she can't be here today. And our other volunteer who's supposed to help can't be here because she was evacuated last night. So um, let's dedicate our class to those people that are affected. If in any way it could help, does that seem good? All right. And I'm going to join you in a seated position so we can make an official start of our class. Just find a a way that you can sit with a little bit of stillness here at the beginning. And just notice that you have arrived in this room and uh, we come to the refuge of practice, the refuge of dharma and community and to the refuge of our own hearts and minds. Relax your eyes and your jaw. And then just notice the sounds outside and inside the room to help you orient to arriving. And then take a hand and place the hand um, palm down on your chest. And this is a gesture of support. So we come to our practice of yoga and meditation um, through the heart, you could say, or through kindness. With a deep felt, sincere wish for our own well-being and the well-being of the world. So may this practice serve you this morning to your highest good. And take a full breath. And then bring your hands to touch, palms together. 
Here we have a gesture, a prayer, a prayer shape of the hands. Just feel your hands touching. Feel the temperature of your hands and the pressure of your hands. And you'll take a breath here. So we'll chant the sound Om. Om is from the Hindu tradition. Some people even say it predates the Hindu tradition. So it's an, it's an ancient sound, the sound of the sacred, the sound of um, that, that which connects us, the first sound. And we'll chant it just one time. Inhale. And then tuck your chin and bring the base of the thumb right up to the top of the forehead. And here we have a gesture of reverence, of bowing. And we bow to our bodies and our hearts. We bow to the great capacity of the body and the heart, the great resiliency of the body and the heart. And simultaneously, we bow also to the tenderness and vulnerability because we meet both resiliency and vulnerability when we come to our practice. Take a big breath in and out. And then take both arms up, hallelujah style. We're going to do yoga. It's Thursday. All right, put your uh, right hand down and reach that left hand up, 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 up. Let your head turn down. And then just breathe and sense the whole length of that left side, left arm, torso. Mm, Both arms up, back to hallelujah. And your left hand comes down. Oh, there's mats up here too. Grab a mat, yeah. Pull the top arm up, 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 up. Let your chin turn down towards the floor. Good. And then come back up and have your hands or your fingertips, depends on how high you're sitting, but have hands or fingertips on the floor. And just pause here. You could even close your eyes. And then uh, literally sense or quite, quite clearly intentionally sense the feeling of the hardness of the floor under your hands. You know, um, right before the Buddha awakened, he placed his hand on the earth. And in the same way before we practice, we can place our hands, not on the earth because we're inside, but on the hardness of the ground, the firmness, and you can feel that. So we take our seats with dignity, take a full breath in and out. Good. Let your hands come into your lap or just rest wherever they're comfortable and turn your head to the right. Just turn the nose over to the right and pause for a moment and relax uh, what you can through the left ear and shoulder, left side of the neck. So it's just a simple head turn. If you've got a tenderness or a crick in your neck, um, don't go too far into the sensation. Just lightly, lightly approach it. Like you were approaching a a wild animal with care. The wild animal of our body pain can happen at times. We can approach it with care and respect. Let's bring the head back to the center and turn your head in the other direction. And then just pause and sense here, relaxing from your right ear down the neck, down the shoulder. Keep the hinge of the jaw soft. 
So we take our seats. You know, we're doing yoga asana. Asana means seat is the original translation of the word. So we do our yoga seats, our yoga poses, our yoga asana. Let's bring the head back to center. And then just drop the head down. Mm, Take a big inhale and inhale the back of your shoulders back and up. And when you exhale, notice your shoulders and ribcage softening down. Mm -hmm. One more time. So big inhale, ribcage, shoulders actually even lift up just a little bit. And when you exhale, everything settles. All right. Bring your head back up to where it came from on its stem. And then lift your chin forward and up just a bit. Like you could shine your throat, your Adam's apple forward. Big breath. And bring your head back to neutral. Pick your hands up and just turn your wrists. And again, you could keep your eyes closed or open. It doesn't matter too much. I'm very interested in the quality of attention, how you pay attention to the body sensation, how you pay attention to the experience of doing yoga. So we can pay attention with kindness and authenticity and courage. All right, interlace the fingers, turn the palms forward and round your back backwards. Let your head drop. You might encounter a tender spot and push a little bit over to the right and center and left and center and take both arms up. Inhale. And exhale, let go of the hands, cactus elbows, hands will come down. Mm -hmm. Take a big breath in here. Exhale, arms will come down. Okay, good. Let's have you come onto your hands and knees. You can put the cushion, the big flat cushion under your knees or a blanket under your knees. And once you're on your hands and knees, get your hands under your shoulders, fingers spread. Without moving your knees, pull your knees towards each other just a little bit, just to help tone the legs and uh, maybe pull the navel into the spine just for a moment. You'll step your right leg back with the toes on the floor. Cross the right leg over the midline on the floor and look over your left shoulder. So you'll notice in this shape that your left side is compressed and your right side is extended. Uh, Keep pressing the hands into the floor just a little bit to lift your chest. Good. Bring the head and foot back to the midline and the knee will come down. And we'll take the left leg back, toes on the floor. And then the leg moves across the midline and you peek over the right shoulder here. Sensing how and where you feel the stretch. Waking up through the process of yoga practice and meditation practice. Waking up, coming alive. 
All right, bring the head and the foot back to the midline, knee on the floor, open the knees wide, and take your hips as far back towards your heels as you can. Let your head come as close to the floor as it can, if not resting on the floor. So your hips are as far back towards your heels as your hips go this morning. Um, Walk your fingers shoulder width and forward. So your hands are inching forward while they're staying shoulder width. Soften your jaw. And then take two deliberate deep breathing breaths. Emptying out on the exhale. Good. You'll come up to the hands and knees. Inhale, drop the belly, lift the chin and the chest. So your back sways towards the floor. And then exhale, tuck your tail and drop your head. That's your pattern. You'll continue inhaling, Tail tips up, chin lifts forward, and then exhaling, pull the navel in, arch your spine towards the ceiling. And you'll do a few more of these just at your own pace. And you could linger any one place, just opening the spine and breathing the body. So it's like a moving meditation where we've taken our seats. Let's shift back into child's pose all the way back. Mm-hmm. Let your head as best you can rest down. And take a deep breath. Okay, you'll come on up onto your hands and knees, Um, not for very long, we're just going to shift, actually you can take your tushy down on the floor and come down onto your back with your knees into your chest. Very simple yoga today, just to get the body moving a little bit, but nothing too taxing because our lungs have been having to deal with a lot of pollution Pull the knees into the chest, and you'll feel your lower back on the floor. Circle the knees. Notice how the weight moves as you circle the knees, the weight moves through the sacrum. Circle your knees in the other direction. And then um, open your knees wide away from each other. Uh As far away as your knees can go from each other this morning. And relax your low belly so the low belly can receive the movements of the breath. So knees are wide. Low belly is breathing. Okay. Place both feet on the floor. Take your right leg up towards the ceiling. Press up through the heel. Uh Exhale, bend the knee and put the foot back down. 
Let's inhale, uh, left leg up towards the ceiling. And exhale, bend the knee and put the foot down. That's going to be your pattern. So you ride the inhale up and the exhale down. Work at your pace. If I'm calling it off too quickly, go slower. If calling it off too slow, go quick. So that the movement and the breath are are, um, coming together. One of the definitions of the word yoga is uh, yoke or join. So we join the breath and the movement. You could also say we join our attention and the body so that we're bringing all the scattered parts of ourselves together here. All right, finish with the left leg. So if you're just doing the left leg, let that be done. But once you finish with the left leg, both feet will be down on the floor. And you'll take your right ankle and place the right ankle on the left knee. And then you'll hug the left thigh into the chest. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Take two breaths here. This can be very helpful to stretch the hips. It's really quite a healthy choice to do. Even a quiet yoga practice, quite healthy for your body to move a little bit, to get out of the sort of um, only sitting and, you know, in front of the computer or with the phone or walking. So we do different movements of the body different shapes, just for our health. Let's place both feet on the floor. Take a full breath. Relax your jaw, relax your shoulders. And then you'll take your left ankle on the right knee, and you'll hug the right thigh in. Again, soften your low belly so it can receive the movements of the breath. You know, I know that the lungs are the part of your body that carry the breath. But if we can soften the belly, the, the movements of the breath can be felt quite far down into the body. So we're um, letting go a bit physically for a moment. Uh-huh. Outer corners of the eyes, soft. And then allow yourself to just rest here. Receive the support of the floor. All right, place both feet on the floor. And then try this one. So um, just scooch your knees and ankles so they're touching. So feet come together. Knees and ankles are touching. And this is your pattern. You'll inhale, open the knees. And exhale, pull your lower back to the floor and pull the knees together. That's your pattern. Work at your own pace. The inhale, the knees will open. Your lower back is light on the floor when that happens. And then exhale, pull the lower back towards the floor and the knees together. Do, oh, maybe three or four more of these. Keep your shoulders and jaw as soft as possible And here we begin to activate the muscles along the inner thighs. A 
along with continuing to coordinate the breath and the movement. When when your knees are next together, keep them together and pull them in to the chest. Squeeze your knees in, lift your head and shoulders up, squeeze into a little tight ball. If your neck is tender, put a hand behind your head to support your neck. Activate your feet so your toes are up towards the ceiling. Uh reach your hands forward. You might have one hand or both hands, depending on what you're, uh, if you're supporting your head. And then just pulse the hands here. A little like you're splashing. A little gentle splash. All right. Feet down. Have them hip width apart. Head down. Arms on the floor up over your head. Take a big breath here. Let your rib cage lift very high when you inhale. Rib cage expands. Press your feet into the floor and lift your derriere up. Your arms will stay on the floor up there. Have a sense of the parts of your body that are meeting the floor, the feet, the back of the shoulders, maybe the back of the head, the back of the hand, so you can sense that contact where the floor and the body are touching. Good. Bring your hips down. Both knees into the chest. Both hands around the right knee. Extend your left leg forward and off the floor. So you've got your right knee in. Both hands are around that knee shin. The free leg is off the floor. Neck and shoulders are as relaxed as possible. Inhale, switch legs. Exhale, press the knee and the hands towards each other. And that's your pattern. Inhale, switching legs. Exhale, pressing knee and hands towards each other. You'll continue just like so. Moving meditation. Feel the strength of the legs, the strength of the arm and the arms and the legs as they push into each other. All right, let's have both knees bent, both feet on the floor, hands down by your sides. Lift your hips up. Uh, Take a chest breath. Have a sense of pressing your feet into the floor. Jaw soft, eyes soft. One more breath. And let your hips come back down. Again, scoot your ankles and knees close together. And we'll go back to that um, pattern we did just a moment ago. So inhale, knees open. And exhale, knees close. That's your pattern. So... An option here on the exhale, when the knees are closing, 
is to, oh, well, actually, let's do it all together. It'll be easier to make sure you understand what I mean. So let's all meet with the knees together, knees up towards the ceiling. Okay. And then inhale, open the knees. Uh-huh. Exhale and begin to move your knees together, but stop halfway. Stop the movement. Stop the breath. There's a pause. And then finish the breath and the movement and pull the knees together. So you're dividing the exhale in half. Let's try that again. Inhale, knees open. And you'll do half the movement, half the breath of the exhale. Pause. And then complete. Do two more of those. The pause can be as long as comfortable. Sometimes that pause can feel delightful. You can really settle into it like a stone dropping into water. And other times the pause is just short. There's not a right way to do this. Your way is the right way. In that sense. So when you finished the one you're on, you'll pull your knees into your chest. Lift the head and shoulders up towards the knees. Reach the hands forward. If your neck is tender, place a hand behind your head to support the neck. And you're going to pulse the arms up and down here. Feet are active. Pull your navel towards the floor. Instead of kind of pushing your belly up towards the ceiling, have a sense of hollow or belly um, navel pulling towards the floor. Good. Head down. Both hands around the right knee. Extend your left leg forward and off the floor. Inhale, switch legs. Exhale, press. That's your pattern. Work at a pace that feels just right to you this morning. Sometimes if we're working unconsciously a little fast, it can uh, have a, there can be an underlying sense of anxiety. Or sometimes if we're unconsciously working a little slow, we're losing the breath. So fine-tune your pace until it feels just right for this moment. Uh, finish. Both feet on the floor, arms up over your heads. With your arms here, take a big chest breath. And then lift your hips up. Engage your um, lower tush muscles so they're uh, just lightly activated, your lower glutes. Feet are on the floor, pressing into the floor. Keep your hips up and bring your arms down by your sides. And then there's this option. I mean, the whole class is optional, right? The whole class is optional, but this in particular is an option is to lift your right leg towards the ceiling. If you get here and you feel, oh, this is a little straining, or maybe a lot, but even if it's just a tiny bit of a strain in the back, if you feel that happening, then you put the foot down right away so we respect the limitations and boundaries of the body. 
Okay, if your right leg is lifted, you'll put it down and try the left leg. And again, if there's a strain of any sort, then there's no need to do that this morning. You can strain yourself later at work or something if you, if you feel the need to have strain. All right, and then put the foot down if it were up, and you'll come down. You'll open the knees, bottoms of the feet touch, and we'll just pause here for a few moments. Relax the outer corners of the eyes. Relax the tongue. Let the belly receive the breath. Okay. Use your hands as needed to pull the knees back up. Take the feet up off the floor so your knees are up from your hips. Knees are bent at 90 degrees so your shins would be about parallel to the floor. Take your arms out to the sides like a T. Palms down. Uh, Pull your knees a little bit towards each other. Okay, big in-breath. Exhale, take the knees three, four inches over to the right and pause. Press the right hand into the floor. Reach your left hand. You might even inch the left hand a little bit more to the left. Uh Uh-huh. Bring those knees back up to center. Inhale. Exhale, knees go three, four inches over to the left. So you've tipped over. Your, your right hip ends up coming up off the floor just a little bit. Uh, reach the right hand a little more to the right. Good. Bring those legs up. Big in-breath. Exhale, knees halfway to the right. Inhale, up. And whenever you get to your exhale, take the knees halfway to the left. And whenever you get to your inhale, the legs come up and the feet are on the floor. Have your feet a little wider than your hips. Let your right knee fall towards the left knee. And then just slide the right knee down the left shin. Uh, And again, your way is the the best way to do this. If you feel confused, you can just do it your way. Or you could peek around and see what others are doing. All right, let the knee slide back up. And then the other side is the left knee sliding down the right shin. Okay, and then come up. And I'd like you to go back and forth at your own pace. So some of you will prefer to go very slow, and some of you will prefer to go faster. You can just fine-tune your pace. And observe yourself. So we can observe ourselves in the same way that we observe nature. 
with curiosity and reverence because uh, we are nature. We are not separate. You can play with having your head turn away from the knees. When you've finished, it could be right now, you could be well done with this exercise, or maybe you want to do it a little more. But whenever you've finished, you'll pull your knees into the chest. And then release the belly whenever you get there. Release the belly. Okay, let's place the left foot on the floor. Take the right leg up towards the ceiling. And this time, just grab a hold of, maybe you can reach the back of the right thigh or the back of the calf. And some of you, I think, have straps. So you could even put the strap around the right foot if you had one. But just grab a hold of wherever you can without straining to get a little bit of a stretch here. Let your body receive the support of the floor. You know, gravity is this amazing thing. It's like we're hanging off the backside of the earth as the earth travels through space around the sun. We're hanging off the backside. But gravity, the earth holds us to her. can let that happen. If you'd like your free leg... That's the left leg could extend along the mat, right on the floor. Uh And then here's another option. Uh, If you feel happy here, you're welcome to stay. But another option is to lift the head and shoulders up towards that leg. So it's a little bit of an abdominal strengthener too. Or you can keep your head right down on the mat. Both are correct. Commit to the shape that you've chosen. Okay, you're going to let go of the right leg. Have both legs extended on the mat. And this is this next instruction is a total poetic. I know it's not literal, but imagine that you could breathe through the whole right leg, the whole right side of the body. It's the whole right side long. The whole right side prominent in your attention. All right, and then take your arms on the floor up above your head. Bring your legs together. They're still extended, but they're together. And you'll reach the right leg towards the front of the room on the floor and the right arm towards the back of the room on the floor. So you've got the whole right side, like you're trying to make the right side longer. You might even use the left hand to hold the right wrist and just give that arm a tug. Whole right side longer. Okay. 
And then one at a time, pull the knees in. The hands can come around to the chest. The knees are squeezed in. Full breath, oxygenating your system. Okay, now the right foot, let's just put it on the floor. Knee stays bent to start with. Extend your left leg up towards the ceiling. and Grab a hold of whatever you can reach. The calf, the back of the thigh. Something. So stretching the back of the leg can be very helpful. In particular if it's tight for you. And in particular if you sit a lot. Whether in a car or office chair or couch can be very helpful to stretch the back of the leg just to keep the functioning of the hips and the back healthy. Now your free leg, if you'd like, you could extend it along the floor. Just keep the heel down. You might notice if that changes the sensation of the stretch. Stretching the three muscles, the three hamstring muscles at the back of the leg. Oh, and then we did also have the option of lifting the head up. Some of you will do this, some of you did not. If you've lifted the head up, extend your bottom leg a little further, like you could inch it towards the front of the room. If your head's still on the floor, relax your shoulders. Take a full breath. Okay, Uh, head down if it came up, extend both legs along the ground. And then here, as if you could breathe through the left side of your torso. As if the left side were hollow and the air, the winds could move through your attention. We have in the yoga tradition a connection between the breath and the mind. So where we place the breath, another way to say that is to place the mind. So the mind begins to live not just in your head, between your ears, but through the whole body. Let's bring the arms up above the head, legs together. And you'll stretch the whole left side. So left arm to the back of the room, left leg to the front of the room. And you might even use your right hand on your left wrist to pull that arm. Mm. Okay. And then one at a time, you release the arms and then one at a time, pull the knees in to the chest. And um, we're going to get up to standing in just a moment. So just to give you a little notice that we're going to go up to standing. Um, Why don't you roll to your side. Mm -hmm. Use your arm, your arms, and see about coming up. I love floor yoga. Right, let's stand. Thank you for humoring me for floor yoga. Let's stand all the way up. Humor me. Maybe you liked it too. Go slow if you get head rushes. We've been down for a while. Oh yeah, the downward dog. 
Okay. Um, once you're upright, you know, take your time. Take your time. But once you're upright, have your feet uh, hip width, or actually shoulder width, so nice and wide. And we'll do some hip circles. Mm-hmm. Notice the feeling inside the hips. So again, we're inviting the mind to be not just up between your ears, but the attention can move and rest. It's, it's as if you could place your mind in your hips. Let's circle in the other direction. Notice how the weight shifts. Observe. So we're practicing mindfulness, our presence, as we do the yoga practice, our movement practice today. Let's bend the knees and take the arms all the way down, and you can have a little bit of a forward fold. If your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees. Let your head drop, whether or not you've got your elbows braced on your knees. And take two full breaths here. Consciously and deliberately breathing. Relax your jaw and your face. And then we'll step into downward dog. So the hands will be at the top of the mat, shoulder width. If you have tender wrists, you can do this on your elbows. The feet at the back of the mat, hip width, and your butt's up high like the peak of a mountain. We're going to make a mountain range in here, a yogi mountain range with our derrieres. Uh-huh. And then again, two or three full breaths. Make sure your head's hanging. Now, let's move with the breath. We do this. We've done this before. Inhale, knees to the floor and gaze forward. Exhale, child's pose. Inhale, hands and knees. Gaze forward. Exhale, downward facing dog. You're making a kind of zigzag shape or a Z shape in space. Knees forward as you inhale, gaze forward. Exhale, child's pose. Mm-hmm. Can you do oh two more? Two more on, on your own. Just make something up if you're newer and can't remember what I had you do, just make something up. Just a moving meditation with your breath. And our yoga party will meet in Downward Dog. So if you're just getting there, you can stay. Or if you're traveling, you'll take your time. And our yoga party will meet in that Downward Dog shape. Good. Let's walk the feet up to the hands. Mm -hmm. 
Hands to your hips, and you'll come on up to standing. Let's take the right foot forward for warrior one. So right foot forward. The right knee will be bent. Your left leg's behind you with it straight. Yeah. And then um, we'll straighten the right leg and the hands will come to namaste. Here's your pattern. Inhale, bend the knee, lean the chest forward. And exhale, straighten the leg and close your hand. Okay, so we're not going to do a ton of those. Two more. Inhale. Exhale. Pull the navel in. Straighten the front leg. And you'll do one more at your own pace. When you finish, your right leg will be straight. Hands will come to your hips. And then hands come behind you. So some of you will do reverse namaste with the fingertips together and pointing up. And some of you will come back next week. You'll take your forearms. Uh Exhale, tip forward until you feel a stretch. Then you can pause and breathe. Uh, Front leg straight or straight-ish. And you're pushing some weight into your back foot. What do you observe? So we take our seat. We take our seat with dignity. We take our pose. Okay. Press the feet into the floor to come on up. You'll release just your arms, and we're going to turn to the left side of the room. Keep your feet wide. And then uh, toes can turn out just a little bit, and you'll bend the knees, and we'll take the hands low. And we'll do three or four breaths here. Sensitize your hands. Relax your thumbs. See if you can sense, not just if it's getting strong, because we've been here a while, but also sense the space around you, above you, beside you. Good. Straighten the legs. Bring your feet together. And then sensitize your hands low again. And we'll shift. We'll bring our hands to grapefruit mudra where you have just the tips of the fingers touching. And there's like a, a grapefruit between your hands and the hands will be right in front of the chest. Sense the space between your hands so you can feel the fingertips touching and as if you could feel the space. Relax the back of the neck. Uh And then release the space by opening your hands. We'll turn to face the front of the room. You'll have your left foot forward for warrior one, right foot back. This is the one where the, the knee will start bent. Uh-huh. And then you'll straighten the leg and bring the hands to namaste. 
Do you believe we had three? <clears throat> so inhale, bend the knee, open the chest. Exhale, straighten the leg, pull the navel in. Please do two more at your own pace. When you've done the two more, your front leg will be straight or straight-ish, and your hands come behind. You might get reverse namaste, palms together, fingers up, or you might get your forearms. You'll tip forward into a bit of a forward fold. Press some weight into the back foot. Uh, Tone your belly muscles to support your back in this stretch. And then hold your gaze steady. So we have in yoga practice, drishti is called your gaze, where we hold the gaze steady. Now, I think this is actually applicable to life, where we can hold our gaze steady to that which we want to cultivate or that which we want to do. Keep your attention right with yourself. All right, come on up. Release your hands and turn to the right side of the room. You'll take your feet wide, toes turn out a little bit, bend your knees, and then have the hands low. Sensitize your fingers. See if you can sense while you're here. This is a question. It's not a command. It's a question. Can you sense the midline of you? Right through the midline of you, the central channel. And let your hands be sensitive and soft, like they were holding something precious. Okay, straighten the legs, bring your feet together. Sensitize the hands and bring them back to that grapefruit mudra. Fingertips touching right in front of the heart. Pour the weight into the feet. Unlock the knees. Sense the space between your hands. Good. Release the space by opening your fingers. Still facing this way, open the legs out. Turn your right toes to the back of the room. Bend your right knee, warrior two. Arms are out to the sides for this one. We'll do three Tai Chi's in the park. So inhale, up, and exhale, out. Two more at your own pace. Moving meditation. And then when the knees bent and the arms are out to the sides, turn your gaze, your drishti out over your right hand and we'll pause and hold the shape. I'll be back in 10 minutes. All right. It won't be 10 minutes, I promise. Just a couple more breaths. Uh, What do you observe now? So we practice mindfulness, paying attention moment to moment with kindness. 
through the whole practice of yoga. Good. Let's take both hands to the floor at the back of the mat. Step back into downward facing dog. Um, Some of you will come into child's pose. Some of you will come to plank pose. Those are two very different shapes. Plank pose is the one where you're about to do a push-up, it looks like. The hands on the floor and the body like a plank. Child's pose is more resting with the knees on the floor and the hips back. So you choose... Mm-hmm. Two breaths wherever you are. And then our yoga party will meet back in downward facing dog. And you'll um, walk your feet up to your hands or back to your hands because you're going to the back of the room. And you'll come all the way up to standing. Mm. Turn to the left side of the room, over to the windows again. Take your feet wide. Turn your left toes to the back or the front, (laughs) one of those sides. Bend the left knee, arms are out to the sides. And we have three Tai Chi's in the park. Smooth. There's a lot of teaching metaphors or teaching stories about doing breath and movement smooth like oil pouring from one jar to the next. And then once your left knee is bent and your arms are out, turn that gaze out over the left hand and you'll pause and breathe. Receive the stretch. Observe the flow, this river of experience. Observe the flow. Jaw soft. Uh, Keep our dignity as we move through the shapes. Remember that inherent human worth, the beauty of humanness, the mystery of humanness. All right, take both hands down to the floor and you'll step back into downward facing dog. Good. Okay. And then some of you wanted to do plank pose, and some of you wanted to do downward dog, and some of you wanted to put your knees on the floor and rest. Choose the shape that works for you. Uh, If you're doing plank pose, push those hands. Broaden the shoulders. If you're doing downward dog, release your neck. If you're doing child's pose, breathe. Although breathing is a good instruction for everybody. All right, let's meet in child's pose. Everybody, join the people that are in child's pose. Knees down. Come into a pause. Okay. Um, I'd like you to stretch out on your belly. I'd like you to stretch out all the way on your belly. If you have a cushion or blanket on under your knees, you might need to open it or shift it. And um, just out of curiosity, can you bend your knees and take your ankles? Is that a possibility for some of you? If you can't reach your ankles, just bend your knees and reach as if you were reaching your ankles. Okay? 
Okay, so you're either reaching your ankles or you're as if you're reaching your ankles. And then if you have your ankles, kick your legs back and let that draw your hands up and your head and chest up. Or if you're not reaching your ankles, lift up with using your muscles. Lift up the shoulders and the head. Breathe a lot. Lots of breathing. Nostril hair is blowing. We're only going to do this once. Whenever you want to come down, you can come down. If you wanted to stay longer, please do. Okay. Let's have you flip over onto your back. You can keep your head towards the front of the room. Just flip over like you're a piece of tofu and I've grilled you. you got to flip over. We have ahimsa, non-harming, so we're tofus today. And then it is time to stretch out. Can you believe it? No. I know, right? I feel like we could do yoga at that pace all day. All right, so if you're going to be cold, you might need to put on your socks or your sweater. For some people, lying flat is uncomfortable, so you could put the cushion under your knees. Soften your jaw. Relax your tongue.
So if you feel peaceful now, you might not, of course you might not, but if you do feel peaceful, if that happens to be true, savor that. And uh, everybody begin to deepen the breath. You'll bend the knees one at a time and place the feet on the floor. And you'll roll to your right side. And you'll make your way up to a seated position. Um, We're actually shifting gears into meditation now. So if you want to sit on a chair, you can just leave your stuff and move to a chair. If you're going to stay on the floor, get your cushions arranged so that you have support. I wanted to share a poem with you. I have a whole bunch of poems today, but I wanted to share this one in particular at the beginning of the meditation. It's by uh, Pablo Neruda. Called Keeping Quiet. Now we will count to 12 and we will all keep still. For once on the face of the earth, let's not speak in any language. Let's stop for a second and not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden strangeness if we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing.
Perhaps a huge silence might interrupt the sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. Perhaps the earth can teach us, as when everything seems dead in winter and later later proves to be alive. Now, I'll count up to twelve, and you keep quiet, and I will go. Bring your attention to the very top of your head. Noticing sensation at the top of the head, crown of the head, the scalp and the hair. The forehead. The sides of the head. The back of the head. Back to the sides of the heads, the ears, the outer architecture of the ears, the temples, and your eyes. The bridge of the nose, the tip of the nose. inside of the nostrils, the inner gate of the nostril as the air moves in and out, cool and warm. Your cheeks, right cheek, left cheek, the line of the jaw, the chin, the lips, and then inside your mouth. The back of the throat, notice here how the air comes in and out. walls of the throat, the sides of the neck, and then the shoulders, the top, sides, front and back of your shoulders.
Notice, and it might be quite subtle or non-existent, notice if there's any movement of the breath at the shoulder. Just see. You may or may not find it. back of the shoulder blades, the back of the torso between the shoulder blades. The back of the waist. your hips. Where your tush meets the cushion or the chair. Length of the thighs. The knees all the way down. Pour the attention down into the feet. And then shift to your hands. in your chest and your belly. Notice the movements of the breath here. With kindness, observing the flow of experience.
If thinking, or I should say when thinking becomes pronounced, thank your mind. It's your mind's way of trying to take care of you. So thank your mind, bless the thoughts, and slip back into the flow of experience.
So just this moment, this breath.
Okay. So, at this point, we're going to come closer to me because y'all are way far away. So, you can roll up your mats. And um, if you want to stay on the floor, we're going to make a little semicircle right up here at the stage of people sitting on the cushions and then behind them a semicircle of people sitting in the chairs. So we'll sort of reformulate and come closer. small group today. So this is what we're going to do today, Um, names and um, your name and something that you like to do aside from yoga and meditation, some hobby or something. Um, So I'm Ashley, and um, I'll say hiking. Yeah. I'm Erin, reading. I'm Claudia, uh, cooking. I'm Josh, uh, pottery. pottery. I'm Ellen, hiking with my dogs. Oh, oh hold on just a sec. So the, 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 the question is something that you like to do aside from yoga or meditation. And it's just so that we can get to know each other a little bit, because some of us come all the time. And now I know pottery, and then I can ask you for book suggestions. It's great. All right. Rob, hiking. Gay, biking to lunch. Valerie, gardening. 
Tori Travel, Teresa Mountain Biking. Uh, Amy, hiking. Lana, cooking. Andy, bicycling. Kelly, uh, studying Italian. Anne, walking. Jimmy Lee, making sourdough bread. Carol, knitting. Pen drawing. You're done. What did you say? <laughs> I said, gay. We'll use it in a minute. You can just leave it on the floor. That's fine. Were there any questions or comments about the yoga or the meditation? You know, one of my favorite things about um, teaching Dharma and and doing groups like this is that I get to hear what it's like. Because, you know, I know what it's like in here, but meditation is so different for everybody or how we do yoga. So I was just wondering if there are any questions or comments or anything about the meditation or the yoga today that struck you or that you sensed or... Well, there doesn't have to be, but I wanted to give a little space for that. It seems like you had a, like a very clear intention for the class. I'm curious how you come up with how you're Do you mean the yoga or the whole thing? Well, <laughs> yeah, the yoga is usually just whatever I feel like doing. So sort of what I feel like doing also, and like I talked to you all before class, and so I, that also gives me a sense of what's going on in the room, so it's not just all about me, <laughs> right? So, so I talk to you all to find out what's going on, and then I know what's going on in the world, and so that's how I do the yoga in general. Um, I've taught yoga for 20 years, so I don't really plan my yoga classes other than I might think, oh, I, we should do shoulders today. Um, but the the Dharma talk and that that's planned that I sit down and do, yeah. But is there any particular reason why you asked? I just it just seems like it has a very good flow of intention. Yeah, you know, my intention in classes is to offer specifically today at the beginning. I said this to offer a place of refuge for us. For all of us together, because there's so much right now. And last week's topic was courage, and then the fires this week. It's just that the intention was actually pretty clear today to offer a refuge for all of us together to come together. And that's also why, like, I wanted you to say what you like to do, because, like, the community, like, we, some of us show up every week for years, right? And so to get to know each other a little bit and, and and support each other because we 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 need we need each other's support right now, yeah. Anything else about the yoga or the meditation in general? No. Did you have one? No. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm here at the end too. If you had something to say, um, I wanted to talk today um, about, and I did plan this. 
um, about um, mindfulness. You know, we hear about mindfulness all the time, and we just practiced. Um, I was hoping to guide you through mindful yoga, and then we practiced mindfulness meditation. Um, so what exactly is mindfulness? Um, if you didn't know, there are books and books and books written about mindfulness. And I have been studying mindfulness now for a long time, like 20 years. And it continues to unfold in this very interesting way. So I thought we would talk about mindfulness. This is a, a center where we learn about mindfulness. You know, mindfulness wasn't uh, a technique invented in the 70s by some therapists, right? A self-help, te- self-help technique invented by therapists. It actually is a technique taught by the Buddha. So it's an ancient technique. Um, and... It's an ancient technique. It's part of the Buddha's Eightfold Path. So those of you that were here last week, I talked about um, the first noble truth. There's that which is difficult in life. And I think that's very apparent right now, what's going on in the bigger world. And then maybe in your personal life, too. We have, you know, we all live on different levels. There's the collective and then our individual things, too. So there is that which is hard to bear. This is the first noble truth. And the, the fourth noble truth is the path is the path to reduce harm and suffering to help us bear with that which is hard to bear is the path okay so there are eight different techniques that we can use to cultivate wisdom and compassion eight different techniques that we can use to help us with that which is hard to bear Um, And so I'm not going to talk about all eight today. I'm mostly going to talk about one, which is wise mindfulness. So mindfulness is one of the techniques given to us by the Buddha ages ago to help us uh, in life. So uh, I met met this woman actually at the beginning of the summer, and we were talking, and and she was kind of asking me about my meditation practice and what meditation I'd done, because there's lots of different types of meditation. There's tons of different types. So, and and I was going through this sort of list. I've I've done a lot of study and practice here at Spirit Rock. Spirit Rock has a a yoga training. I did that. It's an 18-month training. And then I did a two-year study practice program. And then I did a two-year teacher training program of like the Spirit Rock Master's degree in um, in Spirit Rock Buddhism. It's really, it's Buddhism. I don't know that that's always so apparent, but the, the teachers here, Jack Cornfield, and then the teachers that he's taught, many of us have gone to Asia, to Thailand and Burma and Sri Lanka, and studied the, the practices there and brought them here. So um, this woman I was, and then I've done tons of retreats too, because I enjoy them, and this woman was saying, well, I have a friend, and uh, she's really into meditation, but she, she was like, she's like, well, honestly, I can't notice a difference. <laughs> and she was like, she's like, does this stuff really help you? Like, she's like, it's, an, it's a fair question, right? Like, does this really help you? And um, I thought about it. I actually thought about it for a few days, because I thought it was a, actually an a excellent question. And... Um, you know, life for me, and maybe not for you, but for me, life sometimes can feel really overwhelming and sort of like, what are we here for? What are we doing? 
And um, one of the reasons why I practice the Eightfold Path, practice meditation, but also all eight of the techniques, is because it gives me a way to make sense and meaning of things in my life. Because there's so much that's so difficult, I really aspire to actually make things better for myself and others. And to me, it seems like these eight techniques are actually eight practices that can really help reduce my own suffering, my own dukkha, and reduce those around me too. And um, as a way, like as a way to organize life, like. Why not organize it around reducing harm for myself and others and cultivating wisdom and compassion for the world? Like that seems like a noble thing and helps helps sort of frame sort of frame things. So there's a parable, it's a Cherokee parable. I'm gonna read it to you. And I'm sure probably most of you have heard this. It's called Two Wolves. An old Cherokee chief was teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He has anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, self-doubt, and ego. Are you familiar with that list? And then the grandfather goes on to say, the other wolf is good. He has joy and peace and love and hope and serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. This same fight, the grandfather says, is going on inside of you, inside of every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute, then asked his grandfather, which wolf won? Which wolf will win? The old chief simply replied, the one you feed. Right? The one you feed. So mindfulness as a practice is the path towards cultivating all these wonderful things, generosity and benevolence and truth and compassion. So let's feed that, right? Let's feed that. Especially now in these times, like, the world really needs that. And we need each other to support each other in doing that. So mindfulness as a practice to feed the, the one wolf, to grow compassion and wisdom. Because um, what we do matters. Like What you do in this world matters. And it's, sometimes it can feel like it doesn't really matter. But actually what we do really matters. Um, like the small kindnesses, like if I'm not very present or not very mindful or not very aware, like the day just, woof, it goes by so fast. And then sometimes, oh, I think sometimes um, like years can go by. Somebody came to this class once and she said like a decade went by and she didn't, right? Like that can happen. But actually mindfulness allows us to stay present and be with our life and all actually offer kindness to others. So it could be really simple, really easy stuff. So one week on my way here, I stopped in to get gas on the way here, and somebody uh, let me in in front of them. And then the same person let me get to the cashier to pay in front. And it's just like something about that little kindness 
just shifted. So what we do matters. And it might seem like it doesn't matter, but the same thing, like if somebody cuts me off in traffic, like that can impact my whole day too. And, and how we are with each other and how we are with our friends and our family, actually like it makes a difference. And mindfulness as a practice can help us actually be um, present enough to look at the cashier when you go through at the grocery store, right? So when we do meditation, and maybe you could do long meditation retreats. You could go on a meditation retreat for, you know, years, actually, you can. Um, But really, the point is not to be the best meditator in the room. That's, That's not the point. The point of mindfulness meditation is to develop mindfulness so that you can live your life and reduce harm for yourself and others to cultivate wisdom and compassion. So it doesn't matter if you're a good meditator or not. Like, that's, that's not what we're doing. We're actually practicing mindfulness. In, in the same way, like, if you did, if you got a little, I got a little two-pound weight for my birthday this year, so I've been doing little bicep lifts. Like, I'm getting biceps now. <laughs> Right? In the same way, when we cultivate mindfulness, like we can, we can strengthen that facility, faculty, right? Strengthen that. And we have the capacity to strengthen that. So um, the, the meditation really is a, a place for us to practice being present. So mindfulness about being present. Um, I looked on the internet. Because for me, the, the teaching around the Buddha and my own experience around the teachings is enough to, to feel like, oh yeah, mindfulness, that's a good technique for me. But for others of us, like we want to hear some science, like some studies, and there's been tons of research, tons and tons of research, and it's, for the most part, quite positive. Um, so I found on the American Psychological Association webpage and they gave a whole list of studies. So if you're interested, you can go home and Google American Psychological Association and mindfulness research, and it'll come up. And this list uh, came up that mindfulness as a technique can help you reduce rumination. Anybody here have rumination? <laughs> right? It can help reduce rumination. It... Um, it reduces your stress. That sounds nice too, right? Stress reductions. Um, and then it says, these findings, so this is a quote from the webpage. I don't know who wrote it. Um, these findings suggest that mindfulness meditation shifts people's ability to use emotion regulation strategies in a way that enables them to experience emotion selectivity and that the emotions they experience may be processed differently in the brain. It, like, shifts our brain around, this thing. And they've done, like, all these studies where they have people go in the MRI machine and, like, different, different things happen in the brain. Okay, so mindfulness meditation can also um, boost working memory. This, I think, is a good, good thing. It can be useful to have a good working memory. <laughs> um, it can boost focus. So everything in life takes focus, like putting together a dinner where the food all gets done mostly at the same time and nothing's burnt, that actually takes a fair amount of focus. Um, 
I mean, this is sort of a silly example, but remembering where you're going when you get in the car, like, it takes a bit of focus. Like, focus is something that we can, we can improve with mindfulness meditation. Um, that focus is, is, is supported with mindfulness. Uh, less emotional reactivity. Uh, more cognitive flexibility. That sounds great. And then this last one I really like, relationship satisfaction. Yeah, that's good. So we practice mindfulness, um, and there's a whole host of positive benefits to it. And that really does beg the question, exactly what is mindfulness? So there's lots of definitions of it. I think a a sort of standard one from John Kabat-Zinn is uh, paying paying attention on purpose in the present moment. So mindfulness is about paying attention to the flow of experience. You can be mindful right now while I'm talking. While we're sitting here, you can sense that you're sitting here and listening to me. You know what's happening while it's happening. It's actually quite simple of a practice. It's not really that complex, right? Just paying attention. It's something we can all do. We, we know that we're sitting here. Um, and then something else about mindfulness that I think is really important to note, you know, um, in Asian traditions, the mind is considered to include the heart. So when I was practicing meditation in Myanmar, the teacher, whenever he would talk about the mind, he would put his hand on his heart. And um, mindfulness, as the word was translated to mindfulness, it could have just as easily have been translated to heartfulness. So on the Eightfold Path, we have heartfulness. And to me, that shifts the whole tone of what I'm doing when I sit down to meditate um, to heartfulness, right? So there's kindness actually embedded in it. This is so important um, I've looked at my own mind, and I've been teaching for a little while now, and I hear from people that sort of the critical self-criticism and self-judgment can be pretty, um, it's gone wild in all of us. And it actually causes a lot of harm, right? Like the self-criticism, I don't think it actually helps us perform better in general, like, if we said aloud, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for you. I don't know what's going on in your mind. You didn't tell me yet. But if I said aloud to, say, a child, some of the stuff in the tone I say to myself, that would not be a good situation. It would not be helping the child in any manner at all. And, and in the same way, this can start to happen in my own mind, right? And mindfulness gives me a technique. I pay attention on purpose, and I can watch that come, and it's like I can turn the channel, right? I can begin to uh, not believe those thoughts enough. So mindfulness with enough presence, paying attention on time, we can learn to work with our own inner critic with kindness, It's like we don't have to believe everything we think. This is my favorite Buddhist bumper sticker. Don't believe everything you think, right? So mindfulness actually gives us some choice um, in how we're thinking. 
in the sense of how we're responding. So the thought will come. And if there's enough attention, we can know, oh, that's a helpful thought. That's a skillful thought. That's an unwholesome or unskillful thought. And we can tend as we need to with that, right? So uh, you could see mindfulness also as a way for us to move out of reactive living and into choiceful living. I mean, so much of the time, if we're on automatic pilot, there's not a lot of choice in how we behave. But when there's a little bit of presence, there's a little bit more choice, a little bit more capacity. So kindness is really infused with this. I like to think of mindfulness as the same kind of attention that I would give if I were on a hike and I saw a wild animal. Right? Like there's kindness, there's respect, there's uh, space too. There's some space. So sometimes, like, um, the attention isn't, isn't like, doesn't have to be on top of. Like, if I got really, if there, if there was a deer and I wanted to be present with the deer, I wouldn't run up to the deer and like stare at it like that, right? So, in our own minds, when we're observing our experience, we're not running up to ourselves and staring at ourselves. It's a funny metaphor, but, right? But there's a little respect and space, if that makes sense, and kindness. Because we're watching ourselves unfold. We are nature. I said this in the yoga class. We are nature unfolding. How everything arises in us is, is unfolding. And we can watch ourselves. And we can be, um, we are like nature. We are wild and scary. I think I have a point about this, actually. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it right now. Well, at any rate... So mindfulness is heartfulness, it's without judgment, it's got kindness infused in it, moment-to-moment attention. So there is a poem I'm going to read you. It's called Allow. It's by Donna Faltz. She says, and I feel like this is really about mindfulness. There is no controlling life. Try corralling a lightning bolt containing a tornado. Dam a stream and it will create a new channel. Resist and the tide will sweep you off your feet. Allow and grace will carry you to higher ground. The only safety lies in letting it all in, the wild and the weak. Fear, fantasies, failures, and successes. When loss rips off the doors of the heart, our sadness veils your vision with despair. Practice becomes simply bearing the truth. In the choice to let go of your known way of being, the whole world is revealed to your new eyes. So uh, sometimes I like to think of mindfulness as our capacity to bear witness. We bear witness to this human experience. It's so funny because we can sit down for half an hour or five minutes at home and looking at us from the outside doesn't seem like anything's happening. And yet so much can happen in in a half hour. So much happens. And we're bearing witness to that human experience, yes? We're practicing being present with it moment by moment and allowing it to flow through so that it can transform. Because it's not personal. 
this human condition. It feels very personal, like your story is different than my story. Yet, in the same way, it is universal. Is this human experience, can we bear witness together? And we practice that with mindfulness meditation. Now, something else to note about mindfulness um, and to talk about when when we talk about meditation, I like to think of mindfulness as being like a coin that has two sides. And I've been talking about the mindfulness side. We'll call it the heads. If we flip over the coin of meditation from mindfulness, we could also do concentration or focus. So uh, when we meditate, you might have heard the instruction, pay attention to your breath. Everybody's heard that meditation instruction. That is a focus instruction. You can do uh, meditation where you're really, instead of focusing on mindfulness, instead of practicing, I should use that word, instead of practicing mindfulness, some days maybe you flip the coin over and you're going to practice focus or concentration meditation. So you could gaze at a light, like a candle, or you could use a mantra, which is a repeated phrase that has some positive meaning for you. Or you could focus on the breath. There's lots of different ways, right? So there are two different skills. In fact, actually, mindfulness is part of the Eightfold Path. Um, concentration is actually part of the Eightfold Path, too. So now I've told you about two of the eight steps. There's six others. I'm not going to talk about them today. But two of the Eightfold Path, and remember the Eightfold Path is to feed the good wolf, so to speak, right? To grow wisdom and compassion. And one of those is mindfulness, moment-to-moment attention with heart, bearing witness to the human existence, allowing it to flow through you. Uh, We also have concentration as something that we can practice, So sometimes uh, when we meditate, if we find that the mind is very distracted, maybe that day we want to do a stronger concentration practice. So we flip over the mindfulness and we do a little stronger concentration where we might do a mantra. Does that make sense? So you can have, there are two different techniques. I say they're a coin because in some ways, um, like I've pulled them apart. I'm talking about concentration and mindfulness when actually in order to be present, there needs to be some focus, some concentration. And in order to focus, there has to be mindfulness. So they're woven together. But we can use different, different days. We need different techniques. So some days it can be really helpful to do a focus practice. And other days, for me anyway, if I do a focus practice, it feels like I'm trying to hold my mind, which is like a beach ball under the water, and it keeps popping up like it can't be held down. So then I would switch to more a mindfulness, a more open practice, just observing. And then other days, um, maybe I need to do a little more... Con- Does that make sense? So there are different techniques. So when you sit down to meditate and you think to yourself, oh, I'm supposed to be only with the breath, that is a focus instruction. That's, that's one part of the meditation. Actually, mindfulness, which we practice at this center, mindfulness meditation, is noticing the changing flow of experience, which includes the whole shebang. Thinking, grief, anger, I'm naming emotions, but right, knee pain, which is whatever, right? So mindfulness bearing witness to the whole thing. Because then with this technique of mindfulness, we can begin to see that it is um, not personal, 
right, is the human experience, and we can get a little space and then really see how it works, see how our minds work. Does that make sense to you? I just, just to be clear, because that, that took me a long time to understand that those are actually two different, um, two different focuses when you sit down to meditate, and that it's not a failure when you sit down to meditate to actually, um, if you can't keep your breath, if you can't keep your mind only on your breath, it's not a failure. That's just, it's, it's a skill, like building the bicep, like I was saying. Focusing the mind is a skill. And there are conditions. I think the other thing that in a, a drop-in group like this, it's good to note, like if you go on retreat and you put the cell phone down and you're not working and someone cooks your food and does your dishes for you, um, it's easier to focus the mind because the conditions are supporting that. If you have work, a family, and you're getting stuff done, it's going to be much harder to sit down and have your mind not move off the breath just because of the conditions. Does that make sense? And so the point, again, like I said, is not to be the best meditator in the room as if focusing only on the breath would mean that you're the best meditator. That's actually not what we're going for, but that's not the point of the meditation. The point is to be with with kindness, whatever arises, which it could include a very distracted mind. Ooh, distracted mind is like this, like we can just see it. Our anxiety is like this. Is that, that's good? Okay. Um, and then, oh, I have one other poem that I would uh, end with. And this is a Mary Oliver poem. And um, this poem is, she calls it mindful, actually. And to me, what she's pointing to is the, the idea that mindfulness as a practice is a practice that we bring to our lives. That it's not just about coming to Spirit Rock and doing a retreat or doing a class or doing a day long. Those are practices to help us with our life. Like how do we meet the challenges of our life? How do we show up? What is it like to be awake? You know, the Buddha, he wasn't named the Buddha when he was born. He had a different name, and then he had awakening, and he, he uh, was called the Buddha once he reached awakening. And the Buddha means the awakened one, right? So we, too, can wake up to life. And that includes, like, um, the beauty of the blue sky or the breeze on your face or actually being able to be present with your loved ones and make eye contact with them or... Remember to notice the fleeting beauty of the child, the niece, or the grandchild, or the child, right? To be present. Okay, so Mary Oliver says it better than I can, so I'll let her say it. Every day, I see or hear something that more or less kills me with delight. That leaves me like a needle in the haystack of light. It is what I was born for, to look, to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world. To instruct myself over and over in joy and acclamation. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant. But of the ordinary, the common, the very drab. The daily presentations. 
Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these, the untrimmable light of the world, the oceans shine, the prayers that are made out of grass. So I love how she says, too, that we can become wise, right, if we are present. And the Buddha taught this, that being present helps us grow our wisdom, like being present. And it's to the ordinary. It's just like she says. She's not talking about, like, the amazing. It's just the ordinariness of daily life, the grass, how it goes in the wind sometimes, right? So you'll wake up. So that's what I have for us today. I'm wondering if there are any comments or questions about mindfulness. Because like I said, there have been many books written about mindfulness. And it's, a, it's actually a pretty big topic. Simple and not simple. Yeah. Can we pass her the mic, Molly? Do you have it? I was just going to share... Um... One personal example, I think of my own experience with mindfulness that actually is a good example of the animal (laughs) analogy that you're describing. So one hike I often take and that I love is the one out to Tennessee Valley Beach. And a few months ago, um, I was walking. There was no one around me. It was a beautiful day. And I saw this bobcat maybe, I don't know, 50 yards ahead of me. And... You know, I could recognize in myself months before, even I would have been terrified. Like I would have felt the fear in my body and tense up and I would have been really scared of this. And I could just observe myself just sort of looking at it with curiosity and, you know, sort of falling, you know, standing back, being curious. And, um, and I recognized that that was never how I would have experienced that in the past. And then last week I had same trail a little bit earlier in the path and um, when I was a kid, I was terrified of snakes. Like I just had such a big fear of snakes. And, um, and over, I think through many difficult experiences, I've found that a lot of my fears have just fallen away. And so last week I saw this rattlesnake and I knew in the past I would have been, I would have been just frozen with fear. And I was surprised to just observe myself and, and just observe it, just walk around it, have respect for it. But I was surprised that I didn't feel more fear than I did. And I think it was just a good benchmark to see, like, the benefits of the practice and for myself. So, Yeah, yeah. I did. I was, yeah. so, I was really surprised. I could just look at it and yeah. be curious about it. And, yeah. I think also it's interesting. And respect what it was. Right, know? that you still respected yeah. it. Like, it's yeah. not about necessarily, like, not having fear anymore. Like, you still kept yourself yeah. safe and yeah. walked around the stake. But there's less reactivity, yeah. right? Like, And then I think that's also interesting. I was just, when you were speaking, I was like, oh, what about when inside me arises a bobcat or a snake, right? Because it can happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, it feels like that, too. And, like, how do I... Sometimes, like, in the past, it might have been just completely reacting to the inner snake mm-hmm. that can happen or whatever those things, right? I think that's beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful. Anybody else have any comments or questions? Yeah? I'm curious to 
how you think about so incorporating mindfulness into your sort of daily sadhana, like uh-huh. everything that you do in your daily activities, versus using mindfulness technique in sitting meditation. Do you think you know you kind of need to have both, or you know it's yeah. well, yeah. I mean, I think. Um, Meditation helps us, and by meditating, it's going to start to seep in naturally. That's been my experience. And I know that's not everybody's experience. I've talked to enough people that have sat a lot of retreats, and they're like, but how do I make this go into daily life? So there um, are ways to start to bring it into daily life. Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a Vietnamese monk, he talks about having little, like every time the phone rings, before you answer, or like it could be, you know, our phones are banging all the time. Like before you automatically just like that's a mindfulness bell, or every time you brush your teeth. So like, so you were you're incorporating into your daily life little bits to invite it in. Um, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, some people find that it naturally goes in, and other people need help, and then we all need support, right? Like we all need support to. Remind, I, somebody gave me an app, a Headspace app. It's a meditation app, and it's really great. So, like, the, we can actually use technology to help us bring bring some of this into our life. So, there's a lot of ways. So, Headspace is the name of it, and it that app in particular seems like it has some ways to help you remember throughout the day. Yeah, because in general, you know. Um, the Eightfold Path, we do have um, the eight of the eight different techniques. Three of them are specific to meditation. I talked about two today, mindfulness and concentration. But the other five are about daily life, too. And it's like we, we, we don't live on retreat. We, you know, we're not monastics. And uh, the possibility of waking up, the Buddha said, the possibility of waking up is for all of us um, at any time. And so let's, let's bring it into the world. The world needs it. We need it, and our friends need it, and our families, right? All right, so that's what I have for you today. Thank you for your comments. Um, Let's see, uh, brief announcements, and then I'll do an official close. Am I doing the announcements? I think I'm doing the announcements. So if you could help us, um, once I close, um, help put the the cushions back and stack the chairs if you have that capacity. If you haven't paid, there's a basket by the back, and I really appreciate that. That helps me, and Spirit Rock, too, both of us. Um, and then we do need volunteers. So if you're interested in volunteering, you can give me your email address or give Laura at the desk your email address, and she will contact you about volunteering. Um, okay, so let's close. Let's do an official close. So may you be safe and protected from both inner and outer harm. And may you be as healthy as possible. And may you know great peace and great joy. If there are any blessings from this practice, let's offer that out into the world, sending out care and love, and in particular to Bana and Bana's family and anybody else that is suffering now. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace.
So thank you so much. I could not do it without you. I hope to see you soon. It depends on how you're doing it. So you can use the breath like you've been taught, but you can also use sound as a focus. Something to do. But actually the point isn't to just bring the mind back unless you're doing it. The point is to be present with kindness. You're probably already kind of doing yeah, that. I think I am. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's okay to allow that and to recognize yeah. that and acknowledge that. Right. And then? You, could, you could try, because there's different meditations that use less focus. They just open awareness or you're just observing. Right. Okay. So you might, as an experiment, yeah. try doing your meditation and do half of it, the first half, like you always do. Right. And the second half, because your mind isn't going to do it very easily because you're so used to it, but do less doing of that and right. just observe what arises. Okay. okay. Just as an experiment exactly. to play with that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then um, I'm actually going off the phone. Yeah, give Laura yeah. your email address, yeah. and she's the woman at the desk. The desk. Yeah. Oh, the woman at the desk. Okay. The, yeah, the the office yeah. area. Great. Yeah. Okay. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Have a good okay. trip. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.